You do not have to suffer silently or alone. 1212 Ministries has resources available to your church so that you can get plugged in and find community. No matter what stage of this journey you're in, we want to equip the church to come alongside of you and support you as you navigate this season. Please reach out to 1212 Ministries to learn more about how your church can get connected. Hey ladies, I'm so excited to talk to you about this next um, podcast we have coming up. This is from Betty Nicole, and it's actually a throwback to our refined event that happened last October. Um, Betty spoke and she just really spoke fire into the women at this event. She's just such a teacher, a prayer warrior. She's a speaker and an author. She believes that all things are possible with Christ and that there is always hope and restoration after loss. Um, Betty is just, when I think of her, I really do just think of the word legit and that she makes the enemy afraid. And that's the kind of women and people that we want to surround ourselves with, especially in a season of just motherhood and um, navigating loss or whatever that looks like for you. And um, yeah, I'm excited for you to hear this. And I'm excited that she's also our keynote speaker coming up for our event on April 29th. Don't forget to sign up for our refined event on the 29th. And here we go. Nicole, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Thank you for that awesome intro, Holly. It was lengthy. I'm sorry. No, it was so good. I know. I love Betty Nicole. I'm a huge fan. She texted me the other day and was just like, the Lord brought down some great words and wisdom of, you know, of just like her message for April 29th. And so I'm like, I'm ready. I, I know I need it in my personal life. And so just excited to hear from her. And I can't wait to just kind of get this like little recap and, and revamp of her message from last year. So here is Betty Nicole. Betty. You were made for more and created for such a time as this. Whether you are a mother or not, who you are and whose you are is completely wrapped up in God and not the positions or possessions of this world. Welcome to the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. I'm Nicole, serial entrepreneur, dream catcher, and founder of 1212 Ministries. Hey, and I'm Holly. I'm a mom and a wife and a woman that wants to walk alongside other women struggling through infertility and finding their identity as a mom. God is calling out to your purpose beyond motherhood, and we're holding the microphone so that you can hear it loud and clear. You are here for purpose and on purpose. Together, we can make a difference when we show up and view our puzzle pieces through the lens of Christ. Amen. Hey, you guys, how are you doing today? I am excited to be here. Um, I first and foremost want to give honor to God and I just thank him so much for just allowing me and Nicole to meet and just connecting us. And my hope and prayer for today is that the Lord would just meet us here. And then um, also to my children who are back at home, my sister who's here with me. um, I'm just so grateful again for this opportunity and Again, I just truly believe that the Lord has given me a word for you guys tonight. And before we jump in, we're going to pray because that's just my thing. Like, I truly believe in the power of prayer. And I know that prayer works. And what I've what I've come to know in my life is what the enemy does is he tries to distract us away from prayer. He wants us to believe that prayer doesn't work and that you're praying in vain. But you're never praying in vain when you are standing on the faith of who God is, when you believe that, that, that 
he is God and that he is sovereign, but that when you also trust that he hears every single prayer, that he hears every single thought that you pray. So we're going to pray and then we're going to jump into the message. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. I thank you for each and every heart that is here. I pray, Jesus, that you would meet them right where they are, Lord. You know everything that they've walked in here with, Lord. You've seen the tears that they've shed throughout the week, throughout this year, Lord. You know the confusion. You know everything, oh God, they're grappling with, Lord. Any questions that they may have up before you, Lord, when they say, Lord, when and how and where and how you're going to work this thing out, Lord. You see that and you know and I pray right now in the name of Jesus Lord that you would just drive out the confusion Lord your word says that you're not the author of confusion but of peace and I pray for peace in this place on today Lord I pray that they would open up their hearts that they would open up their minds to receive the word and even as I share what I believe you've given me to give them on today oh God let it not just be in word but I pray oh God that they walk away with something, oh God, that they could practically apply to their life. Lord, I give you honor. I give you glory, Lord, for without you, I am nothing, oh God. And I pray, Jesus, that you will be glorified through me on this day. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I kind of had... um, two subjects that I wanted to share and the first one was just on God being the God of all comfort and when we think about comfort we think about um, you know finding a comfy and cozy place in life but often what happens with comfort is we need the strength of God that word comfort there and when we look at it in its Latin Latin form it's comforter which means to be to be strengthened greatly or to have great strength so I believe that the Lord wants to not only bring comfort to your life and bring comfort to the areas and the 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 waiting season that you may find yourself in but also to reconcile your grief with the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ and a lot of times when we think about grief and when we think about the things that we grieve and most put that with loss but sometimes you can grieve life sometimes you can grieve unanswered prayers sometimes you can grieve questions that you have up before God sometimes you can grieve those things but you never you don't realize that it's grief and you don't realize that it's bringing anxiety and and causing you to second guess if you're really trusting God or if God truly is who he say he is but I want to speak to that today as well So we're going to read from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 7. And I had to print it out in the NLT version, y'all, because I am a King James Version girl, and I don't really want to hit y'all with the thoughts today. So we're going to read it in NLT, okay, in Jesus' name. So the the verse 3 reads, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. And I like that that Paul pointed that out, that he's our merciful Father. Because you may not have had, you may have grown up like me where you didn't have a father in your household or when you didn't have that godly figure where you can look up and say, okay, I know that I'll be taken care of. It took me a long time to realize that not only was God God relationally, but he was also God the Father. 
so I thank him for being that. And the Bible says that he's the source of all comfort. So he's not just comforting us in our grief. He's not just comforting us when we need him to make provision, but he's the, the, the God of all comfort. So you think about where you are in your life or the spaces that you may need comfort, where you may need to be strengthened and you apply God there and I promise you that he will become your comfort. Verse four reads, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. And the comfort that God gives us, it's not so that we can hold on to it for ourselves, but most times when God walks us through things, when he takes us through things that's tough, when we get on the other side, we are supposed to find those people or we are supposed to be discerning enough to realize when they're in our midst, when they're in our spirit, when they need the comfort that God has given us. So sometimes it's so easy for us to just hold on to that. But God said that he comforted us so that we can be a comfort to others. When they are in trouble, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Verse five, for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ, even when we are weighed down with troubles. And I don't know if you know what it feels like to be weighed down with trouble, but I can tell you that's really a thing in my life. And sometimes that thing weighed me down so heavy. I say, Lord, I don't know if I can handle it, but it wasn't made for me to handle. The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord for he careth for you. And sometimes in this life, the Bible said that we would have trouble but he said don't 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 be dismayed don't get in despair because of your trouble but instead look to Jesus knowing that he is the author and the finisher of our faith and it is he that bears our loads it is he that takes those things and and when we lay it down on the altar he gives us a yoke or a burden that is light it's light and the Bible goes on to say, it is for your comfort and your salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure some, the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the, the comfort that God gives. And I tell you, comfort is throughout, all throughout this text, but I think he was driving a point there that, that yeah, we're gonna have troubles. Yeah, we're gonna experience grief, but I, God is gonna comfort you. And as he's comforting you, you be sure that you share the comfort. And in order for us to um, actually need the comfort of God, Honestly, you have to have been and walked through something that's tough. You have to be going through something that's tough. And we shy away from those things when we're waiting in expectancy or when we are wondering when God is going to come through. Often we shy away and we tend to turn away from the things that he leads us to do, like to be in church, to be among community, to pray and to, to, to um, share our heart by way of journal, at journaling and reading the word. We shy away from those things because we feel as though they aren't working. But how many of you guys know that God is a God that comes through? Through right at the right time. He's the God of the midnight hour. And oftentimes when we think we get in it, it's 1158, Lord, when are you going to come through? When are you going to fix it? It's 1159, Lord, okay, we're waiting on you. We're trusting in you. When are you going to come through? And it's right at that 12 o'clock hour. He's never late. 
but often it's us. Often he's trying to sift through us and what I've learned and what I am learning, that this entire life, this entire thing is about faith. It's about our faith. We profess that we trusted God as our Lord and our Savior and we welcome into our life, but then as soon as life happens and, and our, our faith is put on trial and it's being tested, that is when you truly know where your faith is. And I had to know that for myself. I'll share a little bit of my story, but first I want to read what, what one of Job's friends said to him when he was walking through his trial. And one of his friends said in the past, you have encouraged many people. Job 4 verses 3 through 6, he said, you have strengthened those who are weak. Your words have supported those who were fallen. You encouraged those with shaky knees, but now... When trouble strikes, you lose heart. You are terrified when it touches you. Does your reverence for God give you confidence? Does your life of integrity give you hope? And this is something that I read earlier this month, but it was so, it was so real to me because he asked him in the past, you encourage many people. Because see, for me, prior to 2014, I was living and traveling and going to school and I had seemingly everything was kind of lining up for me. And then I found out I was pregnant and shortly after I found out I was pregnant, I've learned of some other news in my marriage and I remember thinking, Lord, why did I have to get pregnant at this time? Like, why give me a baby while I'm grieving life, while I'm going through these things in my marriage, Lord? And in some days, I don't even know if I want to go on, but you give me this baby at this time. And, and during that season, I remember thinking like, okay, Betty, you got to get up. You got to keep moving. You have to eat. You have to do the things you need to do because you're not just carrying something for yourself. You're not just carrying and eating for you. Now you're eating for your baby. And that's the word right there. Sometimes when we are going through things, when we're waiting, we think that it's all about us. We don't want to get up. We want to just lay in bed, but it is not just about us. It is for the glory of God. And when you keep that before you, Lord, this isn't just about me. Yeah, I know. I don't know why, you know, this is my lot in life, but it's it's not just about me. When you keep that at the forefront of your mind, then that'll give you something to, look, to live for. That is where your hope is. So I remember just going through those nine months and I had her and she was just such a sweet girl, weighing in at eight pounds, just very quiet and just very, very sweet. And four months and two days into um, while she was living, um, this morning, this particular morning, I remember getting up and it was storming that night. Actually, the night prior, my sister, um, who's here with me, and my mom had came over to the house, and my sister actually laid her in a crib. And that morning, it was storming. I remember just dreading, like, Lord, what are you, where are you? Like, why am I going through all these things? And as I was in a closet trying to find something, trying to pick out an outfit to wear to my interview, I just felt this dread. I just felt this dread and I didn't know where it was coming from. And so I remember looking over at her crib and I was thinking like, you know, she hasn't made a peek all morning, but you know, let me fin continue on doing what I'm doing. So I, I, I perceived, and I, I like to use this word now because I read it in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And David said that he had perceived 
that something was wrong. And that's exactly, looking back in retrospect, that's exactly what I was walking through. I perceived that something was wrong. And I remember going over to her crib and usually I'll just go and pick her up. But something told me, you know, don't do that. And as I crept over to the crib, I, I, I kind of rubbed her leg and her leg felt hard. It was just, it, I mean, it was just like a brick. And I was like, oh Lord. So I rubbed her back and I just remember her feeling just, I mean, just so, just so cold and so hard. And I just ran out the room and I remember crying, like calling for my husband. And I was just saying, no, 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 Lord, no, you, you're not doing this to me. No, no, no. I was just crying and screaming and I was telling him, no, no, Lord, I can't do this. And, and, and as that day progressed, the, the ambulance came and sure enough, my daughter had went to be with Jesus that night and I remember sitting there thinking Lord if, if the time frame in which you gave her to me if that wasn't hard enough now you take her away in the night so unexpectedly like how am I gonna get through this and I remember just crying and crying and crying and then the funeral came and I just cried and I cried and I cried but the tears that I was crying was that I in my heart kept thinking the Lord is gonna give her back. Sometimes we want things, we want a certain outcome and we'll put our hope in that outcome instead of God. So I kept thinking, Lord, I, I, I know you're gonna do something. We're at the burial and I'm thinking she's gonna get up. The, I, I, I had misplaced my hope. And instead of trusting in the fact that God had numbered her days and that, that it was God who allowed that to happen, in my mind, I was trying to control the outcome. So I, as, I, as she was buried and I began to go through that low season of my life, I just remember one day I said, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to pray anymore. Because, see, I had developed and cultivated a life of prayer since I was a young girl. I just, I just truly believed in prayer, and I knew that in my waking life I would go through things, but it was something about kneeling down and praying and talking to God in secret that, that, that allowed me to feel close to him. And I remember saying, Lord, I'm, I ain't doing this no more because you're going to do things the way you want to do it anyway. What's the purpose of me praying? And I could tell y'all that was like the lowest, the lowest week or two in my life because I had no other hope. I had no other hope. And when you don't have, when, you, when you're not communicating with God, when you're not laying things before him, when you're not sharing with him all the things that you're walking through because you're talking to other people, they can't grab it. They, they don't understand. And that's why I'm so glad that we don't have a savior, that we don't have a father that has not been touched, that, but, but has been touched with our infirmities. He's a God of sorrows. And the Bible said that he was acquainted with grief, meaning he he knew what it felt like to grieve so so I'm glad that I knew that I could relate to him on that level but at, at that certain point I felt like it wasn't working and my mom I would never forget she just said a few words to me she said okay well you're not gonna pray then what else do you have and I began to think about that I was like I don't I don't have nothing else you know I have my faith but faith is faith but you there's something again about communicating with God that we need to do 
And I remember one day as my husband and my children were leaving out, I felt so, I was just despairing of life. And I remember just walking to the bathroom. I was holding my stomach and I was just thinking like, I can't do this no more. I don't know if you've ever felt a pain so intense that you feel it deep down in your gut. And you, you're trying to figure out, Lord, what is going on? I know my heart is broken, but why do I physically feel that pain? And I remember barely making it to the bathroom and as I kneeled, the only thing I could say was, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I thought that I can take on this life without you, that I can live life without you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Lord. I repent for the pride to think that just because you allow one thing to occur in my life or two things to occur in my life that I could just give up on everything else that you've done. It's so easy for us to forget when we're in the waiting or when we're trusting God or when we're grieving, when we go through loss. It's so easy for us to forget all the other the times God has brought us through things and I tell you this growing up just not even having a father and then getting in my marriage each and every day I remember just just feeling and seeing God walk me through all these things why did I not think that he can get me through that grief and that day I remember I stood up and and it's like a load was lifted I don't it was like a load lifted off of me and I sat on the couch and I thought okay Lord I'm going to give this back to you because your word says that we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, for the good of those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. And I didn't know what the purpose was at that time, but all I knew is that I had pain that I couldn't hold on to anymore and I laid it down. And that day, it's like the Lord just did something in my heart and I stopped trying to live selfishly and just stopped trying to live for all I can get in this world. And I began to say, Lord, what can I do with this? How can I give this back to you, Lord? I see that life isn't about me. It isn't about me getting all these things and having all this ease and comfort and pleasure, but life is about you and it's supposed to be lived out for you. So I began to pray and get in my word and get the perspective of God. And that's so important. You have to get the perspective of God as it relates to your life. And even if you're walking through something similar to someone else's, still your story is different. And God may have a different way that he may want to go about doing those things. So you have to lay those things down. And I mean, you have to allow the, you have to get the perspective of God. And once you get that perspective and stop looking at what you lost, but begin to look around at all that you still have, that is when you begin to reconcile your, your grief and, and the pain with the hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. So the first thing that, that I, I like, I wrote down five practical tips that I think we all can use. And I think the first one is that we need to recognize the patterns that point to our unbelief. And a lot of times we don't realize, and I'm gonna tell y'all like this is real life. Like I was like, Lord, cause this, this fear, this spirit of fear just came over me after my daughter passed away. It probably had been with me, but I began to recognize it 
um, after she passed away, I would be afraid to do things. I'd be afraid to go places. I'd be afraid every time some, someone called, I'm looking at my phone, Lord, somebody's probably dead. Like it was just this fear that, that kept me bound. And I remember looking at the habits and I said, Lord, why am I struggling with this fear? And then as I began to work through the fear, I realized that I was really living and functioning in anxiety. And what anxiety is, is that you, you're living with a divided mind. On one side, you're trusting God, but on this side, you're really trying to control things. You're really trying to, to figure things out. And in my life, because I had been hit unexpectedly with so much news over so many years, as it relates not only just to the death of my daughter, but things in my marriage, I would always try to pre-think of things. I would always just like go through all this whole long list of everything that could possibly happen. That way, if it happened, I won't be caught off guard and I wouldn't feel the sting of, the, of that thing again. But what I didn't realize is that what I was doing was ultimately trying to play God. And I was saying, Lord, I trust you over here, Lord. I worship you and my hands is lifted up to you and you are Lord. But on this side, I was saying, but Betty, you better figure it out. You better think it through. You better try to see what's next because if you don't, you never know what's gonna happen and that's a divided place. And most people think anxiety is you biting your nails and shaking your legs, but most times the real battle is happening in your mind. And that's why the Bible says that we're supposed to, to guard our mind, guard our heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. So that will be the first thing is that if you are living with a divided mind, look, re recognize the patterns and ask God to help you to navigate that because there's no way any individual can walk straight and trust God and walk in hope if they're divided. You're gonna be pulled in two different ways. And that's why the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're, in, you're unstable. So there's no stability. So that will be the first the, the first practical tip that I would like to give as it relates to allowing God to be our comfort, but also reconciling our grief with the hope. And then the second thing would be to find the truth. Find the truth of what God says about your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 25, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso trusted in the Lord shall be safe. And I didn't realize that the fear that I was wrestling with all those years stemmed from just being, in a, being a child and not really feeling safe. And then going to certain organizations and being rejected because of the way, because of things that were out of my control. But nevertheless, it was a fear of man. And the Bible says that brings with it a snare it brings with it a trap and you can be trapped and not even know it you can be living and moving and doing and being but really in the back of your mind you can be bound and you can be trapped because you're afraid to do what God is asking you to do you're afraid to fully trust God with your heart and with your future you're trapped so that's what it does. That's what fear does. It traps you. But the Bible says, but whoso trusted in the Lord shall be safe. And if you know what it's like to be safe, if you've ever been in a really bad storm or, you know, the tornado sirens are going off, but you're hunkered down in your basement, there's some sort of safety that you have there. And Christ is that and much more. 
So you find the truth, you find truth, you meditate on it. I remember going through my, my season, I had sticky notes everywhere. And I wasn't just affirming myself, oh Betty, things are good, things are gonna work out, you're beautiful, keep moving. No, I had truth. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. He knows the way that I take, Job 23 and 10. And after I've been tried, I shall come forth as gold. I begin to write that truth down and I begin to think on it because that's the only way you can defeat the lies of Satan. And society and this culture has duped us and made us believe that you can just quote things and you can just read memes and there's power in that. But there's the only real, the true power is in the word of God. And that's how you break curses. That's how you heal from grief. That's how you wait. That's how you trust God with your wound. That's how you trust God with your grief. It's, it's the word of God. And he keeps his promises. He's not like man. God doesn't fail us. He doesn't forsake us. But instead, he does, he performs miracles. And I'm so grateful for the worship team as they sung that song about miracles. I was about to run around here because I'm paying a call. I was paying a call, so okay. But let me tell you this. It's so true because I was listening to Miranda Curtis. We're under an open heaven, miracles, signs and wonders. And I believe in the miracle power of God. I believe that God can take a situation that looks impossible, that he could take a thing, that he can take a bondage, that he can take a stronghold, that he can take a womb and open it up. He can do it. And I have faith and I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it time and time again. And that's why the Bible says that we're supposed to refresh others when we're going through our stuff. Because when we're refreshing others, Christ is refreshing us. And I remember being on a cruise ship. It was about four or five months after my daughter passed away. And I used to look for opportunities to just share Jesus with people. And we sat at the table with this couple and they said they had been trying to have a baby. I remember it was approximately 15 years or so. And she said, well, we just gave up. You know, we're not even worried about it. I said, no, God's going to do it. I didn't know how he was going to do it. I didn't know. I just, I, with faith, I said, God's going to do it. And I remember going back to our cabin and I kneeled down on my knees and I said, Lord, I know you set us at the table with them for a reason. And I believe you can do it. Even if they've given up on the dream, even if they give it up on the hope, Lord, I know that you can do it. And the next day I told her, God's going to do it. And I kept praying. We added each other on Facebook and lo and behold, 10 months later, she had had a baby. Ten months after that, they had another baby. And I said, I told you, you don't give up on God. God will divinely orchestrate you and place you in places. And even though I was missing my daughter, my jaw was so slim and sinking in because I wasn't eating, but I had faith for somebody else. You refresh others, God will refresh you. So you find the truth. The third thing would be, we must become people of prayer. And I know I mentioned that, but I'm telling y'all, like, it's really a thing. Prayer is a thing, okay? It's, it's Ebonics, but I know. It's a thing. It really is because prayer, not only, not only did it transform my life and just transform my heart and just allow me to forgive people and love people past what they did to me, but prayer also transformed me. 
I wouldn't have the faith. I wouldn't be who I am if I was not a woman that truly believed in prayer. You have to become people of prayer. We see this throughout redemptive history. People prayed. And the fourth thing would be live as if it's true. And that's a hard one, y'all, like to get up. And I'm telling you to get up and just, just wash your face and just believe that you're healed and to walk on and go to work and smiling as if, you know, you, you're already pregnant or just to get up and, and move as if, like it, it's a hard thing, but it's, 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 it's something that we can do because our faith is in our footsteps. It's in our movement. It's not in our lips. Anybody can say, Lord, I trust you, Lord, I love you, but it's so much harder to live that thing out. And you know when you're trusting God because you hear it in your language. What are you speaking? What are you saying? Are you speaking on things that, that points to the hope that you have? Or are you saying it out loud? Oh, I know God is going to do it, but in the back of your mind saying, Lord, I don't know. I'm going to just give up on it. I learned that. God answers prayers when the prayer is no longer at the top of your list. Sometimes we make our prayer request an idol. And the Bible says that I will have no other God before me. And whatever that idol is, you have to remove it and you have to seek God for who he is and what he's already done for you on the cross and everything else that he does will just be an addition. So you have to live as if it's true. And then the fifth principle is ultimately to trust God. Now, when I look at that word trust, like I, I, I'm a word girl, so I like have to look, pull up the word and like look to see, you know, what, what they mean by it. But trust is just having this confident hope that God will fulfill his promise, that he will keep his word, that he is who he says he is, that he truly is sitting high looking low, that the Bible says that, that he, he's counting our tears, he's collecting them, are they not in his book? When he says things, you're believing it, you're trusting, you're putting all of your hope in, in who he is. And people say, don't put all your eggs in the basket, but I'm gonna tell you, you better put all your, your eggs in that basket as it relates to Christ, because he keeps his word. And when you trust him, he knows when you're trusting him. And there's been so many times in my life where I have been praying for God to do things or praying for him to turn things around. And as soon as I get that thing out my mind, my phone will buzz or someone will call me and, and it'll be an answer to my prayer. But God answers prayers when the prayer is, is not at the top of the list. God is more concerned with refining us. God is more concerned with making us better. God is more concerned in seeing how we can rest and trust in him even when chaos is all around us, even when life is flipped upside down, when nothing looks like what he said. Will you be still, just as she said, and allow him to fight for you? Will you trust and wait and believe that he's gonna come through? God is faithful. He's so faithful. So I don't know where I am with my time. Okay, we're wrapping it up. Okay. <laughs> I want to say this really quick. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord will take you down a path you never dreamed of taking. This path will involve indescribable heartache. 
But as you grieve, he steps in to comfort you. Then the comfort that he comforts you with will be the very help that someone else needs as they navigate a path similar to yours. He is the God of all comfort. And when you give your grief to him, you are then reconciling it with hope in Jesus' name. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Purpose Beyond Motherhood podcast. We are so grateful for you and thank you each week for tuning in. Can you do us a quick favor? Can you go wherever you are listening to this podcast and subscribe, rate, and share this with a friend? Thank you so much. Number two, we're still on Patreon, you guys. We want to connect with you over on Patreon. So yeah, we've got some exclusive things, but no, it's less about the things and more about the community. So we want to see you over there. Lastly, it's April, so it's Refined Month. We can't wait to see you in person in Frisco, Texas. There is still time to register, so do not miss out. And don't worry, if you're not in the DFW area, you can still attend and purchase a streaming ticket. We want to connect with you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will see you next week.